This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salts have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influences. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of Morning, Doc. Here we go again. I can see you looking really excited this morning because today we are going to be talking about your number one topic. Marketing is your number two topic. Your number one topic in life is sports. <laughs> hey, Gordon, how's it, man? Yeah, cool. Okay. It's uh, sports marketing, Gordon. I think, you know, one of the things that I've always been interested in, uh, in, in, in marketing is using those four aspects, you know, it's brand, sponsorship, product marketing, and retail marketing. So I've always looked at those four and I've tried to bring a bit of it in and I do like the sports part of it, passion branding, you know, you talk to people in their off time, the Saturdays, the evenings, etc. And I mean, you're a big Arsenal and, and Sharks fan, so it's not a not a totally new concept to you. Yeah. <laughs> there was a payoff line somewhere talking about Arsenal and uh, and the Sharks. No. So although we're hanging in, I think, uh, in we were hanging in somewhere on that tournament which i've now completely the rainbow cup i don't even know what it is but that's part of our discussion today <laughs> well anyway gordon our special guest today is a guy who i worked with a few years back a guy who's very knowledgeable and today is a senior administrator at one of the big sporting codes in south africa but he's not chatting in that capacity per se he's chatting to us in his personal capacity and wants to share a lot of insights uh, so a big welcome to nobi uh, zondi Nobi, thanks very much for spending time with us. It's nice to catch up with you again. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Great pleasure to be here. Yeah, I mean, just uh, in, in chatting before the show, and I have to unpack this before we get to the, the, the meaty bits. Um, 
you mentioned that you you played for Collegian. So you're a, are you, are you a KZN man or? Yeah, indeed I am. Um, I've actually uh, I've travelled a lot around KZN growing up. So um, actually, it's a funny story how I ended up at Collegians. I was actually meant to go to Rovers, but because the walk is through Collegians, I saw the guys training and I said, "Oh, can I join in?" Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I didn't know they're like two hundred meters away from. <laughs> 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 Yo, you're gonna be in big. You're gonna be in big trouble with Joss Robson. Joss, Joss Robson runs a Facebook page for everybody who's interested in club rugby in KZN. So, for those of you who are interested, and I'm going to report you to Joss. He's going to have stern words with you because he is a Rovers man. So. <laughs> So, Normie, straight into 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 rugby. I mean, we're now sitting in a situation where uh, we've had a, a topsy-turvy time. I mean, all sporting codes have had it. No fans, we know that. It's been this tournament, then that, and I'm not really sure, and, and so on and so on. And the big the big issue now, of course, is, is the British and Irish lines. I mean, you worked at the previous time, which I was going to say 12 years ago, because I'm so used to that cycle. It's actually 13 years 13, ago yeah. because of the skip mm. of last year. Uh, you were wor working with Megapro at that stage yeah. on the thing. Let's just talk a little bit about that experience, particularly around the fan Gears engagement mm. uh, and the commercial side and how perhaps you see, given the uncertainty of this year, how you perhaps see that playing out, not on-field necessarily, mm. but the commercial aspects. Uh, Doc, it, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a great disappointment for me knowing that you know there's so many uncertainties regarding the tour itself. Um, like I mentioned, you know, of, it's such a fan-centric uh, product. You yeah. know, you want to see the fans there, and the spin-offs that come with, uh, you know, the thirteen, fifteen thousand UK fans mm. and, and Ireland that that come to the country. I, I, it's it's such a, you know, and having seen obviously, like you mentioned, in two thousand nine, I had the the great pleasure of working for one of the leading agencies and for quite a big brand who was sponsoring the team at the time. Mm. Um, it's electrifying. Yeah. Um, I, I think back and funny enough, your your hometown PE yeah. had the biggest vibe. It's, yeah. it's such a, a great memory for me that I cannot erase. So it, it is it is saddening, um, but I'm hoping and as I've heard that there are plans, you know, that are happening in the background and hopefully mm -hmm. the minister, the government and obviously AC Rugby are able to pull it through for the fans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess that goes across all codes, you know, I was speaking yeah. to a, a very prominent ex-South African rugby captain uh, a while back and he was saying you know as a rugby ex-player and, and he played against the Lions and, and he wants fans there but he also said he said but as a South African we've got to be fair across other codes you know against cricket and and football you know I mean Sundowns have just won the league in, in an empty stadium and, and, and our cricketers are in the West Indies and so on and so I guess you know we're all hoping for that to get back what's also concerning Gordon I spoke and again I don't want to mention the guy's name because I haven't cleared this with him uh, a very, very prominent, prominent uh, person who owns a very big um, marketing agency in South Africa, a sports agency. And he was saying to me, he said he worries. He's not an expert on consumer behavior, but be it anecdotal, he's worried about out of sight, out of mind. He's saying people have got so used to not going to the park on a Saturday. They're not brying. They're not driving. They're not yeah. taking their kids. What he's then done is he, he then, because it's his business and he sees the revenue going out the door, he then went to certain uh, sports clubs, leisure clubs in his area and he was saying you can't get in at those clubs because their memberships are oversubscribed now because people are rediscovering golf who perhaps they played 10 years ago. Mm. Tennis, you know, family activities, guys are playing bowls. They're getting mm. into something because they want to spend the Saturday afternoon doing something as a family. He's concerned that 
is how do I get people back at the park when it's full st- when it's you know uh, allowed to? So it's a concern, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I I went big for me, you know, on on British Lions. My first British Lions tour was nineteen seventy four. So I mean, you know, mm. this is revisiting. Um, that well, those weren't the glory days. That's for sure, nineteen seventy four. But. Yeah. You know, I was hoping to take my grandson to mm. a Lions game yeah. uh, down in, you know, in in Kings Park for for the first time. His first time to watch the Sharks, to watch yeah. the British Lions was kind of closure for me. But it's now so confused. And, and you know, I understand some people have had their tickets um, repaid. Others are still waiting, etc. But one thing's for sure, you know, you know, when I get my money back for my tickets, uh, in case you're listening out there, somebody who's in charge, push the button. Um, it's very unlikely that I'm going to reinvest again because I've also rediscovered that actually I've got a mate who's got a gigantic big, uh, you know, TV screen, high definition. We've got a bra, you know, we're just going to have some quality time there. So to get me to buy in and, and I'm looking at this from a sponsor's point of view mm. and thinking, wow, you know, we, because whatever negative association I might be having and, and it's, it's not, I mean, I, I get it and, and I hope we find a solution mm. and, to the players and administrators who are working behind the scenes or, or who have worked behind the scenes, I really appreciate it, but mm. I'm, I just don't think I can commit. And, and if I was a sponsor, I'd be looking at this and saying, what's the negative rub off? What's yeah. the spin off for me? Yeah. I, you know, if I'm feeling negative about the game, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the Springbok squad, it was a revelation to me because I've been watching the Rainbow Cup or, you know, every yeah. like five minutes summary. And, I, I didn't even remember who the players were. I was mm, amazed to mm. discover we actually had a full squad. So <laughs> yeah, the yeah. distance between me and the sport, yeah. um, which I have you know loved all my life and played, um, is, is just getting greater and greater. So the commitment to the sponsor for me is 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 got to be under siege. I mean, mm. Gorby, this is your you you. How do you, how do you get sponsors to buy in? Look, I think I need to give uh, SA Rugby and the sponsors a little bit of credit here. Um, they have instilled some sort of, you know, confidence and optimism, especially for me as a fan. You know, the guys are playing. At some point, when we played the the Curry Cup, the the first round, the tournament was just hit with COVID so badly, and some mm. games got cancelled and so mm. forth. But, you know, the Kerry Road playing, they were still a product on television. There were still sponsors. From a British and Irish lines, I could say the same. You know, there are plans in place. We can see that things are moving. The sponsors are still there. They are they are launching. You know, every now and then something is being launched related to to the tournament. So for me, I'm quite confident that it will take place. But yes, the fan element is um, is a little bit worrying at the moment. Yeah, and that, I mean the, the the TV sponsorship side, I get. Mm. So we've seen that with the the English Premier League, the mm. European Championships, mm. the Euro 2020. Mm. The TV audience is yeah. there, and you're buying in. But it's that. Um, desire to go out, Doc. You know, you mm. you feel passionate about about uh, sponsored jerseys and things mm. like that. I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna go out and buy the brand new Lions jersey just to watch it on TV. I would have bought one if yeah. I was going to the stadium. So the whole yeah. merchandising thing's mm. under siege as well. So the whole commercial thing, and I think that's why you know, Gordon, I made the point earlier. It's not about as a marketer just loving sport. I think that's sometimes dangerous because you you get in, you know, you start 
sponsoring what you like, which is never the best way to do it. But it's to look at the whole commercial value chain. And certainly, it's the popcorn, the candy floss, the Coke, the beers, yeah, the yeah. juicy. It's that whole knock-on mm. effect that you can't buy off the television. Mm. So I think, Norby, just talking, one of the biggest sporting events, and again, sadly postponed out of Japan. It's now on this year, the Tokyo Olympics. But geez, again, Gordon, not a fan in sight. Uh, not even not even friends and family of, of those athletes. Norby, what's your, what's your view on, on the Olympics? Yeah, I don't think the Japanese know themselves um, <clears throat> as to what's what's gonna happen in the next few months. I, I was actually reading an article the other day over a survey. I think it's uh, it's one of a hundred surveys uh, that have uh, occurred in the last uh, year or so. There's quite a split in the Japanese, um, you know, population as to whether mm. these Olympics should take place or not. I know the Japanese quite well, having watched uh, some um, some sporting events. Yeah. Obviously, the latest one being the the, the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. You know that they'll come, they'll support um, every single time there's an event. Mm. But with COVID, I think um, safety first, you know? Yeah. However, I don't think the Olympic Committee can afford to actually postpone them um, again yeah. um, since they postponed them in 2012. Mm. And the nice thing about the event is, uh, itself is that no sponsor is actually pulled out. As you know, yeah. the Olympic um, model, mm. it, it, uh, it, it just lends itself out to have a lot of sponsors. Yeah. Um, and the LOC as well um, has uh, managed to, to secure quite a lot of local sponsors. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. I do think it's going to occur. I know some athletes are unhappy. Mm. Um, by the fact that this event is going ahead whilst, you know, there's uncertainties in terms of vaccinations and yeah. bio bubbles and so forth. So mm. as much as it will occur, no one knows what type of product is, is it going to be. Mm. Um, are they going to still um, invite some level of fans to attend? We do not know. Yeah. Is it? And a complicated, I mean, the, again, it's an obvious point. The, the Olympics mm. is such a complicated event yeah. to put on. I mean, you know, uh, you've got different stadiums. So the Multiple, badminton yeah. court is very mm. different to the tennis court, mm. is different to the swimming pool. Then yeah. it's not just the swimming pool, you know, it's actually the, the training pool, the warm-up pool. It's all that infrastructure that has been built and was ready a year ago. Yeah. Just the maintenance cost to keep that stuff going. Mm. So yeah, you know, certainly for not only Japan, but for the world and the Olympic, the notion of the Olympic movement of togetherness and, and unity, you know, hopefully yeah. uh, it happens, but mm. albeit in a, in a certainly a different way. And it's, I mean, I, I've been to, to uh, two Olympics. I've been to Barcelona, I went to the London Olympics live. And I mean, if you're lucky enough to get there, you know, and see a medal ceremony and you mm. see what it means yeah. to watch those athletes standing, mm. you know, listening to the national anthem, that's the kind of passion I think that, that it's going to be missing. I, I guess if you're an athlete, and you've got that focus, you're going to run your 200, mm. your 400, but it's the reward of, of yeah. 60,000 people. Um, I think I related that story to you once before. In Barcelona, I'll never forget it, we were watching some of the top top guys, Carl Lewis, they were amazing mm. Mm. kind of athletes, and the, the 50K walk came in, and there was some poor sod who, mm. who was stone lost, you know what I mean, really, yeah. but there were 60,000 people. Yeah. Um, and as the guy came in, the crowd just went crazy. He was literally the last in the 50-kilometer yeah. walk. And the camera went tight on his face. Mm. And uh, I'll never forget because I, I kind of lip read it. And he said to himself, I think he was an English athlete, he said, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. And I realized that for that athlete, just participating in yeah. the Olympics yeah. was a dream come true. So I guess at the, at the end of it, I'm in favor of the Olympics going place because somewhere there's a guy who's going to come last, yeah. but he's not, mm. he's going to 
end this year as an Olympian. So I think we need, we yeah. owe it to, and we owe it to the the box, we owe it to the pro tiers to get off our butts and actually support because there are guys there who are working really hard to to make their dream come true and perform for us. I can't believe there's one athlete out there who isn't performing at his best. Um, you know, they're giving everything. And I think as a fan, I, I, I'm going to have to slap myself over the forehead and get my yeah. arse into gear and yeah. actually just be, show a little more passion. Yeah. I think it's sometimes, you know, Gordon, I, certainly for me, I made the point of out of sight, out of mind, but sometimes when it's there and you buy in, I sometimes get sucked into something, you know, even though it may not be my first choice of sport. Let's just look at the Olympics. I've often watched the first round, say, of, of a heat of, of swimming or whatever, mm. which isn't my first choice sport, yeah. and you get sucked in because yeah, you're either yeah. rooting for the underdog, you want yeah. to see somebody who's Correct. perhaps representing their country for the very first time ever in that discipline. You know, that happens, uh, and, and so on and so on. So it's, it is a unique worldwide event, and I think the world almost owes it to themselves for the you know the year we had yeah. last year. Mm. Changing tact uh, will be a very serious topic that you feel passionately about mm. you've written you've blogged about is women's sport yeah. uh, i want to chat it's a two-part question so let's yeah. talk about your take on on women's sport and, and we can talk about the progress that has been made both locally and internationally and then the whole case sad case i guess very serious case of naomi osaka at the recent french open and uh you know the backlash that has come uh, uh certainly the initial backlash yeah. not backlash but the the negative publicity yeah. that she took yeah. from the organizing committee yeah. and then a lot of people came out in favor and spoke about you know depression mental illness anxiety and and certainly in reading some of the origin of that was that very famous victory that she had against Serena, Serena. Williams as mm. the ultimate high probably for a young lady who became the ultimate low and started mm. the spiral and hopefully you know she uh, and with all her medical team can work through these, these, these very serious challenges hashtag no filter that's how this podcast is delivering real down to earth stories told by real people for an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. I think for me, the, the Naomi Osaka issue has been so unfortunate, you know. Um, and everything now has been in hindsight, you know, regarding the treatment she received, firstly from the French Open Organizing Committee mm. uh, and other. Um, um, what do you call it, sporting um, Grand Slam uh, organizers. Mm. Um, and it's only now in the last few days where they are a little bit understanding and, you know, to an extent where they want to apologize, but yeah. they're actually not. Um, I really think, you know, mental health is something that we broadly still do not understand as a society. Um, it's only a few people who actually um, have a great understanding and it's mostly people who are going through it. Mm. You know, you and I on the streets, you know, we may criticize all we want because we want Naomi to just play and win and, you know, face media and so mm. forth. But it's actually, it's quite an intimidating thing. And I, I, I talk from a point of having observed and seen some athletes struggling um, with it, especially, you know, facing media. I mean, a, a defeat after, you know, a match that you should have won. Mm. Um, it must be quite a, a very, very difficult thing to, to um, you know, to confront, to be confronted with from a media perspective, especially if you don't understand yourself. Yeah. You know, you still got those emotions, uh, mixed emotions of you having lost firstly, and then you're being asked the most difficult questions, and mostly they're not positive because mm. everyone is just going to be on your case as to why you lost. 
So Naomi, for me, I, I, I really started with her from the time she had, uh, well, we saw the reports, we first saw the reports coming out. Um, she's, she's been very, very brave, I must be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of athletes who've come out, you know, um, and been as explicit as to explain as to what the actual condition is. Yeah. Um, it's always been um, a case of an athlete not turning up for a particular event or a, a tournament mm. uh, because they've taken a break yeah. or they're exhausted yeah. and so forth. But I think she, she's really been, you know, a shining light in actually, you know, highlighting the importance of, you know, actually uh, I need to step away because yeah. this is not good for my health mm. and I'm hoping to inspire uh, more people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, again, you know, for a young lady and, you know, often, and again, you got to check yourself when you look at a, a young person, a person playing for the mm. Proteas. Uh, you think the guy's a superhero, yeah. but he's 22 years old. Yeah. He's yeah. just a kid. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. no different to the other 22 year old yeah. guy. He can just bowl a ball a bit faster than than another 22 year old mate. And years ago, I mean, I remember chatting with with Rassi Erasmus when he was still coaching the Cheetahs, and later on coached Province. And mm. you know, uh, and Rassi was very open about. Uh, talking about players and their mental conditioning, and I'm not mm. talking about a guy visualizing a kick, and mm. talking about those issues. Yeah. You know, you must understand when you're playing uh, in New Zealand and and you've and you and you've lost by 30 points in a wet done Eden, mm. okay, and it's and you do, and you just want to go home now. Mm. Then you're gonna go play. You're gonna play the Crusaders now. You know, in your heart of hearts, that you're gonna lose that game. You know, the chances of you winning, are, and now say so you're now you're 40 points down. But he says then. After the game, one of the young guys who's 21 years old, but you see him as the Springbok fly-off, he gets a, an old-school SMS those mm. days from his mates saying, your girlfriend was out with your best friend last night. What do you think happens to that guy? That guy bursts into tears, yeah. and then he wants to hit the wall. Mm. Then he wants to get on the first plane home. But now you've got to get him up because mm. he's playing the Blues mm. the next week on North Island. A- and that's the challenge. Now, you don't see that, and that gets masked. You know, that's why it's more forgiving when a guy does his hammy. Because we expect that, mm. you know, a person falls over and sprains their wrist, and they, you tape them up, and and you. But it's it's a it's that unseen, yeah. uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, stress and so, strain. I mean, you know, for me, that's that's a crucial thing, and, and maybe a good point to 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 chat about the uh, the new super sport uh, involvement and focus on on school sport. Yeah. Because where do you begin that? And as a sponsor, you know, is there a maybe a time to set a precedent where as a sponsor. Um, I would want to know that the sport is investing X proportion of my investment into things like that. And the place to start uh, is at schools. I mean, some of the pressure uh, that these school athletes are under is is devastating. It's quite incredible. So when you, when you talk to sponsors, are there any sponsors that look, look at life from that perspective? I mean, do they tend to show an interest in, the the welfare of the athlete or is it really just about the exposure look i, I must be honest i, I haven't had those uh, engagement uh, with uh, with the sponsor not not in that depth anyways but i do know that they care most sponsors are fans of the game and they they're quite fortunate because they can come as close as as, as possible that no fan sometimes can ever get close to you know a bafana bafana captain and have a meaningful conversation mm. so I, I, I do think there's a gap, and I, I'm no clinical psychologist, mm. but but I do know there needs to be some level of education across all sporting codes, even at school. I mean, your 
academic marks can have an effect as to how you play on Saturday, mm. um, you know, against an opposition. So all of those things, it, it, it needs to be out in the open. Um, if young people at 23 know Miyosaka is able to do it, mm. most people would say, ah, because she's world number two, had, had she been, you know, uh, world number 57, yeah. no one would have cared. But that, that's besides, it's neither here nor there. The mm. fact that she was able to do it, you know, she's shown so much maturity. It's really an inspiration. I'm hoping young people, you know, they, 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 they've seen how things unfolded and how she's actually stuck to her guns. She's actually mm. said now yeah. she won't participate, you yeah. know, in events leading up to Wimbledon because mm. it then shows that it's not like she was snubbing the tournament just yeah. because she wanted to. Yeah. There's actually a big case that she wanted to get across. Mm. Yeah, it's almost, mm. you know, I guess the interesting part is Roger Federer also pulled out because mm. of injury. You know what I mean? And it's 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 like a byline. Mm. You know, and Federer made the comment and he, he did. He said, I had two knee operations. You know, I'm, I'm, I must watch my body. And I guess a lot of people are saying, well, he's saving himself a woman. And the point is mm. they, they were handled perhaps differently and, and hopefully in time to come. Yeah. You know, the 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 reason for somebody pulling out will be handled the same way. Just I just want to make one point about school sport, Gordon. I know you're a big uh, you know a, a big love of of school sport and 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 the history of of say AJP as an mm-hmm. example. Sometimes the pressure, and I've lived through it as well, is when you say you only make your first team or whatever school for one year. Some kids don't; they make mm-hmm. it two, three years. But mm-hmm. a lot of kids only make it one. It's your one chance yeah. to play your one derby game. Mm-hmm. You'll rather die than lose that game. Now that's also unhealthy. Yeah. Whereas, you know, on, on provincial level where it's cricket or, or, or tennis or whatever, you play a lot of those people all the all time. The time yeah. Now, one yeah. of the things I saw years ago in Andrew Mertens, the former All Black uh, mm. fly-off, he made the comment. Uh, now, you remember Andrew Mertens was a young guy playing in 95, mm. and then they started playing the Tri-Nations. Those days. Nobby, yeah. I know you were involved. Yeah. He made the comment. He said, I hope I never become blasé about wearing the black jersey because I'm playing these guys often now. Mm. He said, when my dad grew up, like it was rare to play mm. it's like the Lions mm, you know like you play the them once every 12 years mm. some guys never they, their mm. careers fall in between mm. so it's that rare thing but back to the school thing you don't want it to be so rare and I've seen and I've lived through some of those schools derbies where I mean, guys would go crazy because it's their one day you know of playing their arch enemy school you know it's the it's the biggest day of their yeah, lives and, and I think one has to again this is where we got to balance sponsorship mm. out sponsors want to be involved with winning teams you know i mean Absolutely. the cost to arsenal yeah. of not making it into europe next year yeah. is spectacular yeah. uh the cost to uh, or, or the or the value of uh, who was the, the the side that just got promoted um brent brentwood was it or brent you are brentford I think brentford brentford i mean the value of that is huge yeah. so interesting story there as well yeah think. But yeah. all, all there's this focus now. We want now we want school rugby leagues and things like that. If the emphasis in school rugby becomes exclusively on winning, because sponsorships mm. want to sponsor winning teams and yeah. winning events, I think it's going to have a massively destructive impact on young athletes who should first learn to love to compete, and then learn you know to love winning. I mean, I always told my kids, listen. Winning isn't everything. Trying to win yeah. is. You've got to go out. And there's no pointless of going out if you're not trying to win. But if you don't win and you gave it your best shot, yeah. there's a value in that. And as long as we don't lose that ethos yeah. in the rush for money yeah. uh, at school level, then, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I think, I think winning is a byproduct of uh, exposure and participation, to be honest. Mm. Um, I think there are sponsors, you know, who've raised their hands in trying to 
expose the game to a lot of communities. I mean, when I grew up, um, I, I was lucky enough to have television and a grandmother who obviously loves sport, and that's why I got such a passion for rugby, cricket, and football uh, across other, obviously, sporting codes. Um, but it was the exposure that I received from visually, anyways. Um, but what that does is it, it encourages a youngster, or they, they may even see someone familiar who they look up to, and it just it just builds that that passion for the game. Um, and I think what we try, what we starting to see now um, with the investment that's been made, um, I think it, it it it's it's such a an impactful thing, and then we'll start seeing the results definitely yeah. down the line. Quick question, because we've got a, a, a lot of young young listeners in in the media industry. I mean, you're obviously an athlete. You, uh, you you've played the game. Your journey into the commercial side yeah. of of sports, I think, is would be something of interest to young people in industry. How how do you do that? Because not everyone can win Wimbledon, but that doesn't mean to say you can't make a living out of out of tennis. So how did you how did you get into the commercial side of sport? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start. I think uh, just uh, to cut the, the long story short, I've been very fortunate uh, throughout my career. I actually, when I, you know, I was over the phase of, of, of wanting to be a fireman or a policeman. <laughs> I, wanted <to> be <laughs> I wanted to be a sports administrator, you know. Yeah. Um, and I obviously, I got exposure um, with the agency side, which is managing player management. Mm. Um, I wanted to do that. But um, as I studied, you know, as I, I went on with my, my qualification, I, I wanted to be in the media side of things. So sports production, sports writing, um, and being on radio as well. I was fortunate to, to experience that. And um, I realized that actually this is not sustainable for me. I need to look at something more sustainable and something that I can do more of. And that's when um, um, I, I ventured into... Um, the agency side of things in, in, in managing multiple sponsorship brands. Um, I, I received a lot of guidance there from people who are obviously either veterans or very experienced um, sports administrators. I mean, I, I was fortunate to work with Doug Matthias as well. Doug <laughs> Doug. So they, it's the guidance, it's the exposure again that I received. I didn't wake up one day in wanting to be a commercial manager at a um, uh, at rights holder level. It's something that I had to build. I, I got exposure. I knew which courses to take. I knew what I had to be strong on in order for me to become that person. So it's really, it's been building blocks. It's not something that I dreamt and, and it just happened. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have traveled this road and I'm, I'm here today. Mm. And I mean, hopefully, you know, Norby, I mean, hopefully mm. as, a, as a young guy, hopefully, you know, that continues for you, yeah. whether it's in your current sporting code or wherever life may take you. But I mean, we didn't finish the point and I just want to ask your sure. view on women's sport in general. I know you've written about it. Just just give us a, a two-minute in terms of where you see it going. What is your feeling? Has it got enough support, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, look, I wrote uh, uh, an opinion thought piece, um, and you know it had stemmed from a song. Uh, if you read the piece again, um, it was a song by by James Brown. Uh, it's a man man's world, yeah. um, and it, it just got me thinking that actually not we're so caught up in you know the male sporting codes. We tend to not to forget per se, but we need to acknowledge the impact that women have actually played. And I'm not talking about performance that stem that stem from ten years ago. If I look back in the 80s, my, my first exposure to the Olympic Games and, and women's sports on television, I think there's a lot of women who've shaped the world as it is today. And I, I do think women have offered us so much quality 
Um, but it's always been overshadowed by our obsession as fans with women's sports. You say in Bolt, we don't give credit to um, to Shelley Price. Mm. We, we don't mm. give credit to our women proteas or Banyana Banyana. Yeah, yeah to, absolutely. It tends to be overshadowed by something. We need to give them the platform that they deserve. Mm. We need to put enough investment for them mm. to even reach, you know, further heights, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, so I was just highlighting as to the women that we see today, it's nothing new. Yeah. You know, it's been happening. Mm. It's just, I don't know, there's probably been uh, uh, distractions mm. or there was, you know, a view from society that the males need to receive um, the most investment for them to perform. Yeah, yeah I, I, I really yeah. do buy into that more and more. And I've found, uh, as we move into wrap-up now as well, that I'm actually enjoying watching. I've, I've always watched yeah. women's tennis because it's a different dynamic. Yeah. It's, it's more, say, skillful, but it, it's more nuanced in many mm. respects. And I've also discovered the same thing, that there's more golf coverage. Women's golf, for the average golfer, is brilliant to watch mm. because it's not smash and putt. Mm. They're working the course. You can see them making decisions. And I've learned a lot by watching women play golf because I now learn how to, to, to work a course. Not I'm, I, In my head, I know how to do it. I just can't do it when I hit the ball. But that's another issue entirely. So, Doc, I'm going to leave it to wrap up. Morby, thank you so much. Let's hope uh, by the time this goes to air, we're all enjoying uh, the uh, – the British Lions too, but one way or the other, let's support it, whether we're live, whether we're watching it, let's buy in. And to all those sponsors out there who do, you know, kind of cough up to indulge our kind of fantasy lives, thank you for your commitment and keep it coming through uh, these difficult times because there's good times around the corner. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gordon. Norby, thanks very much for your time. Just in closing, uh, say people want to get hold of you. You know, we always encourage our, our listeners to be part of the conversation. Yeah. What is the best way? Are you on social platforms? How do they get hold of you? Yeah, I, I am indeed. I think the, the most professional one would be LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, and I'm always only. You can okay. uh, follow me there uh, or send a connection. Yeah. Uh, I am on, on uh, Twitter as well. Okay. Um, if you're able to find me there, then yeah, yeah you can. Cool. Otherwise, um, I'll share my details with Doc. Uh, yeah. And you'll be able to touch me uh, via email or phone call. Wonderful. And again, you know, like we always say, Gordon and I, you know, be part of the conversation. It's not just about us chatting with yeah. very interesting guests like today is no exception, but it's about you, the listener, being part of it. You know, chat with people, ask them their view, yeah. the path, because there's some young kid who wants to be in your position today. So, don't, I mean, I'll give you, and Gordon, I know, will give you uh, out of the goodness of his heart, his best advice. But, you know, Nobby yeah. and a lot of other young people are actively in that role and they'll share it with you. So, from our side, thanks very much for your time um to our listeners out there gordon thanks for your time we'll catch you next week yeah ciao thank for now thank you so much cheers and so that was another episode of the doc and the guru please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on facebook like us follow us uh subscribe to the podcast and then for my side you can get hold of me on linkedin dr doug Matanz. i'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time.
This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.